Hey everyone, it's Afro Pagan back with another episode. And this one, we're going to concentrate on two books by Stephanie Rose Bird, Big Book of Soul and Four Seasons of Mojo. And I live by these two books. Like I said last episode, The Big Book of Soul never leaves my bedside. Um, I'm addicted to the book. (laughs) And you'll hopefully um, you'll see why at the end of the podcast. But before we get started, got to do a bit of housekeeping. This is a listener supported podcast. So any amount you donate will be greatly appreciated. Two, you're going to hear some noise in the background. That's my heater going on and off. It's on a timer. It's hella cold outside. And my office gets hella cold if I don't warm it up. So, okay. Ready? Here we go. So this podcast is called Rewilding Ourselves. Finding the earthiness to us again. So why do I think we need to rewild ourselves? And this is just my opinion, okay? I feel we're very much into city life, those of us who live in the city. We're way into it. The noise the chatter that's around us, the different types of music, which is great, the food we get from the supermarket, that's okay. Um, The pulse, if you're a New Yorker, you know what I'm talking about, that constant pulse that just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. At least it used to be like that before the pandemic, but this it's still there it's just toned down a little bit but it's still there um people are going moving grooving just constant movement our ancestors before uh city life became a thing we worked the land and all of my ancestors my african and my Native American, Indigenous American, excuse me, ancestors worked the land, farmed it, tilled it, grew crops, whether it was for ourselves or for someone else, that's what we did. After slavery ended, my third great-grandfather was still working the land. He bought himself a little plot of land, moved to Ohio. Not north, but it wasn't in the south. In between, but he still had farmland, okay? My great-grandmother and her second husband, they lived in the city in Detroit, but across the street from their house, They had a plot of land where they grew vegetables. They were still connected. They were still farming. There was no supermarket. Well, there was a supermarket, but they didn't go. Barely. 
They grew everything. But my, um, my grandmother and my mom, they moved to the big city. They lost that connection with the land. They bought their food from the supermarket. They bought uh, shampoos from the beauty store or from the supermarket. They bought everything that was manufactured. It wasn't made by hand, it was made by machine, maybe some hands, but a lot of machinery. And once that happens, that convenience, that is why it's convenient, because everything is right there. You lose your connection with the land. You know, like why bother growing it when you can go to the grocery store and buy it? So when our ancestors, when our grandparents up and moved to make a better life for themselves in the North, that farm life, that working the land, that connection with Mother Gaia, that was severed, right? Like I said. So now what? You raise your kids that way too, and, and, and it keeps going, going, going until someone realizes, hey, wait a minute. You mean my ancestors used to farm? I know for me, when I was looking through my gene genealogical records, and I found out my third great grandfather was a farmer even after slavery, he he didn't work in somebody's store. He didn't move up north. There was nothing to move to, basically. But he stayed in uh, a city in Ohio. He stayed in a state that still had farmland, is what I'm trying to say. But once you start having kids, and they start having kids, and so on and so on, and they start moving around, and you move to the city, you think, oh... My ancestors farmed? Oh, no. Don't turn up your nose to that because they had it right. Now, I'm saying this knowing that people just can't pick up, leave the city, move to the suburbs or move to the country and start farming. It's not as easy as that. It's a whole lifestyle change. But there's something to be said about being independent of the matrix. You are growing your food. You know when your food will be edible. You are taking care of your plants so that you can produce food for yourself and your family. You are working with the seasons. What to grow in the winter, what not to grow in the winter, what to grow in the summer, what not to grow in the summer, when to plant so you'll have crops in time for fall. You know, stuff like that. That's what they did. Well, Stephanie Rosebird's Big Book of Soul covers quite a bit of that and then some. I even love the name Big Book of Soul. In this book, she talks about um, African 
spiritual, spirituality. She talks about African-American folk magic, which we all know is hoodoo. And she talks about herbalism. But she also talks about just what it means to have that that soul in you, that indefinable something that African-Americans have. And when I say African-American, I'm not just talking about your ancestors came from Africa, they were kidnapped, dragged here against their will, made to work for 400 years, and then they got their freedom and they stayed here in America. No, I'm talking about, talking about African-Americans, descendants. I'm also talking about the indigenous Africans, the indigenous dark-skinned folk whom Columbus called Indians. Okay? And why am I including the dark-skinned indigenous? Did you know that there were dark-skinned indigenous people on this continent for thousands and thousands and thousands of years? Yes. So when some of our ancestors were already here and some of our ancestors were kidnapped and brought here, they mixed together. and became Afro-Natives, Native Americans, Indigenous Americans, what have you. We all mixed together. And we all had that, that soul. So she starts the book with, um, African-American spirituality, and she gives an overview of what the, our brothers and sisters from the mother continent brought their spirituality here to the Americas. And so they mixed together and they became multicultural but uh, it wasn't easy for slaves to practice their spirituality because slave masters, it was, it was social engineering. Slave masters did not allow our ancestors to practice their spirituality. They wanted them indoctrinated in Christianity um, that's just the way it was. It was like I said, social engineering. It was a way to sever them from their own culture 
and be imbued with quote-unquote American culture to make them more pliable, which didn't happen because we did find a way. Um, We found a way to still honor our ancestors that we had left behind in the mother continent. And uh, we developed our own spirituality, our own shamanism, hoodoo. And we used magical herbalism. And if some of us managed to escape the plantation and run into our indigenous brothers and sisters, they brought us into the tribe and mixed their culture with ours their spirituality with ours, their magic with ours, and we have hoodoo. Okay? So hoodoo is, it is folk magic. It's a mixture of African, it's a mixture of indigenous American, and it's a mixture of European uh, magic practiced by slaves and free people, okay? Now, uh, a lot of hoodoo practitioners, um, and I don't know why they call themselves hoodoo practitioners. You're just a folk, you're a witch, or I I don't know. Anyway, but um, they don't want to use the name witch. They'd rather use practitioner, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. They, um use the Bible because we weren't allowed to use our own affirmations. We had to use the Bible. That was more indoctrination. I'm of the thought that why use a book and I'm not trashing Christianity. This is not podcast episode for that. But why use a book that was used to indoctrinate us to use magic to better our lives. I, I'm uncomfortable with that. I sometimes use hoodoo and I do not use the Bible at all. I come up with my own uh, incantations, my own affirmations. I don't use the Bible at all. And it still works. But anyway. Uh, so she talks about uh, using hoodoo, which is great. That's one of the ways to rewild yourself because not only are you using natural magic, but you're also using herbs to help you with that magic. It's quite beautiful. Next, she talks about uh, taking care of ourselves, our basic needs, self-care, that's what I want to say, how we heal ourselves, and you know, this book is wonderful. She talks about healing ourselves by dance, using dancing and music and making art and making crafts and some things that we are incredibly good at because it's in our blood 
you know? It's in our African, it's in our indigenous American blood. It's all there. And we use that naturally to heal ourselves. I mean, how many times you've, uh, a, a guy or a girl has broken your heart and you use music to eventually get out of that funk, right? Um, how many times have you uh, wanted to dance away your sadness or your anger, right? It's in our blood. And my gosh, people who have depression, who suffer from depression, when they when they feel a depressive bout coming on, some people pick up a paintbrush and do amazing stuff. So it's in us to heal, you know? And then let me, she touches on also uh, midwifery, something that our ancestors did back uh, when we were farming Milan. We did it on the regular. And I told you the story of my mom. She was pregnant with my second oldest brother. And uh, she had decided to visit my grandmother in Detroit. Well, she stayed there a little too long and my brother decided it was time for him to greet the world, but she wasn't necessarily ready and she had a complicated labor. My brother was breech. You know, his feet were coming out first instead of head first. What did my grandmother do? Well, she put her hand up there and turned him around. She put her hand up there and turned my brother around so he could be born head first. First of all, how do you even have the presence of mind to do that? Second of all, what gold-plated ovaries you must have had, you must have to even do that. But back in the old days, I think our ancestors just, like I said, did that on the regular. There's no such thing as calling a doctor. We couldn't have doctors. We had segregated hospitals if we had hospitals back then. We were our own doctors. The mothers, the grandmothers were the doctors in the family. That's something, that's a big topic that Stephanie Rosebird talks about in the Big Book of Soul. We lost that when our parents moved up north. We became dependent on others to take care of us when we were sick. We depend on hospitals to help us deliver our children. And let's just be really plain and clear here. 
black woman, indigenous woman in a hospital, are we going to get the best care? Uh, maybe, maybe not. And that's a strong maybe not. I wished I had had my kids at home, but I had both of my pregnancies were high risk and I had to have intervention. But, you know, maybe my next life, I'll come back as a woman and I'll have kids and I'll have those darn kids at home. You know? Anyway, moving on. So um, there are two chapters dedicated to um, taking care of ourselves and our own. Okay. Actually, three chapters. She uh, touches on different fruits and vegetables that are helpful um, to us every day. Right? Like, um, let's see. Like the vegetable sponge, loofah, good for exfoliating, getting rid of uh, blackheads and whiteheads, right? And let's see. Uh, pumpkin seeds. Let's see, pumpkin seeds contain 30% reddish fixed oil, traces of a volatile oil, protein, sugar, starches, and fiber. Pumpkin seeds also contain the amino acid curcurbitin, an antiparasitic. So if you happen to eat some food that's contaminated with worms, pumpkin seeds will help. Oh, let's see, what else does she mention? Uh, she talks about greens, she talks about cucumber, uh, watermelon, honeydew, cantaloupe, honey. Honey is like the primo food product you could have in your home. Honey is great. And then uh, she starts talking about roots. Little John, right? Hi John, Low John. Um, she talks about yam and a, a birthing ritual concerning yam. And she also talks about medicine for the triple goddess aspect of women. Okay, let me read this paragraph to you. It's on page 125 of Big Book of Soul. Medicine for the triple goddess aspect of women. As you can see, wild yam is suitable for the triple goddess aspects. Wait, hold on. It's about to sneeze, sorry. Maiden mother crone archetype and the various stages in between experienced during womanhood. Wild yam is used to relieve hot flashes, night sweats, mood changes, vaginal dryness experienced by the crone. Wow. It has applications for males and females of all ages as well. 
wild yam is used to treat irritable bowel syndrome, gastritis, gallbladder ailments, and spasmodic cramps. In small doses, it may help the nausea experienced by pregnant women. Additionally, the diuretic quality soothes the urinary tract and works well with any imbalances in the body, including the root causes of irritability. As a relaxant, it curbs stress and tension and shows promise at quailing the threat of miscarriage. As a food, wild yam contains twice the amount of potassium as bananas, one of our higher potassium foods. So she gets in there and she talks about those foods that can that can really help us, those foods that we used to cultivate before moving up north. So, um, and she talks about Osean. This is very, the book is West African spirituality heavy. So if you're looking for something that's a little more native, indigenous American, we'll get to that in a, soon. But just to let you know, this uh, it's like a primer also for West African spirituality, most notably Yoruba or Ifa. And uh, let's see what else. She talks about communing with the trees, finding your favorite tree and talking to it, developing a relationship with it, learning from it. Okay. This is just stuff that our ancestors did naturally. Okay. Uh, she also talks about uh, horseshoes putting a horseshoe in your house on the wall for good luck and uh, whitewashing your fence or tree I think you can also use paint blue to uh, wash the doors and windows of your house, Haint Blue, H-A-I-N-T. That's, if you recall, if you saw um, Beyonce's Blackest King, there's this uh, young man dancing with her and he was covered in blue. That's Haint Blue. And the Gula people on the sea islands that border the southern states, they use that shade of blue all over their houses, outside their houses. They even have a, a, a little, they plant a, a tree without its leaves or with leaves, and they put blue glass bottles on the branches. That's also another way to protect your home and your property. Uh, she talks about the elements as well. And then she talks about holistic detoxing. Um, let's see. Like for instance, plantain or plantago major, a weed in North America that can be successfully wildcrafted, thus obtained free of charge from your property. Plantain successfully removes toxins from the blood. 
and she talks about turmeric. How it's a warming spice or thermogenic, which means it boosts the metabolism. Okay. And she talks about yarrow as a superb blood purifier. Burdock root, calendula, dandelion. These are all names you've heard before. Garlic. Garlic. Who doesn't love garlic? My grandmother had uh, heart issues and she would eat apple and garlic every day. Yes, she kind of smelled, but you know, it's garlic. Garlic is strong, but it saved her life. So anyway, um, even though my grandmother had eventually left uh, farming life, she still retained that connection. She was all about herbs. And then my mother started to pick up herbs again. And then my aunt started to pick up herbs again. It's like the three of them were, you know, being herbalists. It's great. Okay. And also she talks about, uh, oh, there's a chapter nine, elemental rituals, ancient Egyptian therapies for the sacred and the mundane, which is my favorite chapter, by the way. Um, I'm very partial to kinetic spirituality. So I kind of go goofy grape over that. So in that chapter, uh, she talks about tamanu oil, salt, and <sighs> well, okay, obviously I need to watch where I tap on the computer. But anyway, like I said, get those two books, devour them. It's, it'll start you on your path. Check out Bell Bar Organics. Please check them out. Uh, it's an amazing company and it's very small. It's black owned. Gotta support your local black sister, okay? Support, support, support. That's the only company I know of that markets natural herbs no chemicals no cancer causing uh, stuff in the herbs they're natural naturally planted naturally grown herbs that beautify you please check them out they're a little pricey but you'll know why once you look at the website and you read what they're doing. It's a little pricey, but it's worth it, okay? So, Big Book of Soul, Four Seasons of Mojo. Get those books. Talk with you soon.